Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Oh, yeah. Those claps in the background are probably some Alabama fans. So, hello, (laughs) hello, and welcome to the show you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on a divisional Friday in sports. You gotta love it. Give us a call seven one eight six six four nine zero nine eight. Like always, Ray and Tay today at gmail dot com, Ray and Tay today dot com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. We are here for you. Check out some of our old shows, some great interviews. Recently, it was a really great show with uh, Dave Sims from Seattle with the Mariners. You know, he had his thoughts on Coach K, football, everything. Ray, busy show. We got to clean up a championship, talk some hoops, some college hoops, and, of course, mainly NFL coaches and NFL divisional predictions. I say to you, we both picked it. Roll tie, Alabama. <laughs> Roll tie wins the chip. But how good and how impressed were you by maybe the most dominant quarterback performance in a loss and maybe the most dominant quarterback performance ever in a title game, even just as good, if not better, than Vince Young with the young Deshaun Watson? I tell you what, he – definitely deserve to win the national championship and the MVP. If the game had gone the other way, he would have been like Vince Young, I mean put up on a pedestal. That's how good he that's how how good his performance was. Yeah. He was third in the Heisman trophy winning, third in the Heisman battle, and you know what? Give credit to all three of those guys. They showed up big time in the bowl games, right? Derrick Henry had 159 yards and three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had 365 yards and broke the Rose Bowl record for yards from scrimmage. And Deshaun Watson throws for 405 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. So this Heisman class. He rushes for like 70 something. (laughs) And yeah. Oh, by the way. This Heisman class showed up huge. So you give McCaffrey credit, you give Deshaun Watson credit. But ultimately, there can only be one champion. The Henry, yeah. And that's Derrick Three Henry touchdowns. He was huge. Alabama. He was. But you know what's interesting is Alabama won in a non-Alabama fashion. They totally. were in a yeah. shootout against a – Lane you know, This Clemson team is really good. I think we, we, we underestimate them. Maybe coming out of the ACC, we underestimated how good this team was. Everybody's like, oh, you know – Oklahoma's so balanced, they can't beat Oklahoma. Well, they handled Oklahoma. And you know what? (laughs) If it weren't for special teams and two or three just mental lapses, huge plays. By the safety. Yeah. Yeah, from 20 to 20, Clemson played better. Clemson was just as good, if not a better team than Alabama. And they could not handle Watson's versatility, Ray. They really couldn't handle it. You know. He was the best player on the on the field by far, Deshaun Watson. So kudos to Clemson. Definitely great season. Got a lot of people coming back. Dabo is building himself a little program down there. Might take over for Florida State and be the program to beat right now in the ACC. But Alabama, it's let's possible. just talk and put it in perspective. 16th national champion ship for the school. They count pretty funny, though, at times, and, and Richard Rothschild was talking about it, how they yes, voted sometimes yeah. even before the bowl games. So that's a little crazy. And then you lose the bowl game and you still win the national championship. But anyway. Yeah, that's one of Bear Bryant's chips. That yeah, was definitely 16 in, in national question, championships yeah. for Alabama, five for Nick Saban, four at Alabama, and 
just he's Elvis. I mean, he's he's the best coach of this generation and maybe of all time. Nick Saban is just unbelievable. And you know what really proved it? Number one, all season, O.J. Howard didn't do anything. So you give Lane Kippen a lot of credit for getting him open in the seam. And, you know, the kid had over 200 yards and two touchdowns. So that was huge. But then also that onside kick. And now, you know, Saban had the guts to call it, the special teams coaches. I think Saban's assistants need to get a lot of love. You know, Kirby's leaving, and we'll see what he does in Georgia. But it was a great coaching job. And to me, that onside kick really made the difference. Now, you know, Henry declared for the NFL, and so did Alexander and Lawson and one of the other Clemson kids. So, you know, some good talent from the championship game going to be in the NFL. But I was surprised by how many freshmen and sophomores on both teams are going to be back, and we're making huge plays. Kilpatrick and some of the defensive linemen for Bama coming in in rotations were putting pressure, or freshmen. So kudos to them, and kudos you know, to, to that game. And I think even though the ratings might have been down, people were saying ESPN was kind of upset. You know, they lost a little bit of money, and obviously for the college football playoff on New Year's Eve, you're never going to change that paradigm. But – you know, to me as a football fan, you couldn't have asked for a better title game. So I, I can't, I just can't even argue with whatever. If people didn't watch it, they were missing out because that was one of the best games we've ever seen. Speaking of great games, what did you think last night about the back and forth? And then you know, the Spurs flexed their muscle, but the big three against the big five <laughs> and the Spurs, and the Spurs win a good game a good regular season matchup and a good battle. Obviously coming up, we've got on the 25th Spurs Warriors. Uh, Warriors lost to the Nuggets the other night, so they have three losses. The Spurs are right behind, you know, the Warriors playing great. And then we have Warriors Cavs, I think, um, coming up on Tuesday night back in Cleveland. So what were your thoughts about the game last night with the Cavs and then the greatness of the emerging star and Kawhi Leonard? And big fundamentals, of course, hitting the big shot to help solidify the game last night, too. So this game was very interesting. You know, the odds makers have this game a 45% chance of being the NBA Finals. So even though Golden State had that unbelievable stretch and now have three losses – San Antonio only has five, like you said, and they're only two games behind. And all the odds I think makers they have six have, losses. I think they actually have six. They have six losses, Spurs. Okay, they are definitely right on the heels of San Antonio of, uh, of the Warriors, and the odds makers have them as the favorites to come out of the West. So the odds makers must know a little something, and I know what Vegas. my eyes told me, and my Oof. eyes told me. That San Antonio, forget about the fact that, that that Timmy's walking around as a five-time champion. Manu and and uh, Parker are five-time, are four-time champions. Sorry, they didn't win in '99 when he won with Dave Robinson. They are so deep and so composed, and they can hit you from so many different angles. The one thing they're not is overly athletic. So I, mm. I'm thinking that a really athletic team can still give them problems, like the Oklahoma City Thunder. But you That's know the what? one team they, they don't want to match up with. You're right. They come off the bench, potentially the Clippers. They come off the bench, though. Think about these perennial all-stars that they come off the bench with, right? And he closed the game. Manu closed the game. But they come off the bench with Manu Ginobili, with David West, with B. Diddy, Boris Diaw, Patty Mills, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And now they're even getting contribution from Simmons and, and, and Kyle Anderson. And it's yeah. unbelievable that this one team has got so much talent and so much basketball IQ. So at the end of the day, I think this game just turned when San Antonio's bench was just a little bit better than then Cleveland's bench, and it gave them the boost that they needed, and then they took the lead into the fourth and then never relinquished the lead. So Cleveland played fairly well. They showed at times, and we talked about this all fair, the one thing Cleveland has to do is figure out what to do with Kevin Love because he's too talented a player. And, you know, maybe if you look back, even Chris Bosh was more involved 
when it was the big three in Miami. So Kevin Love's been relegated to a rebounder and a three-point shooter, which two things he does very but well. But LeBron is smarter like, than that. You know, That's my criticism. Like To that. me, and Love's a good passer, so you could run the offense through him in the post. And to me, yeah, Tristan Thompson's great on the boards, but guess what? Kevin Love is great on the offensive boards too, and he can actually shoot. Thompson mainly dunks the rebounds in if he can or dunks the passes that LeBron throws to him. To me, to have Love as sort of a kick-out three-point shooter is, is not and using And also, when he's shooting threes, he can't get should. on the offensive glass. Totally right. I, I think right, you're that... You're taking him out of, I, one of his one of his strong... I'm surprised LeBron hasn't... I don't know if it's ego or hasn't figured that out, and maybe you know there's somebody needs to have that talk with him because I'm it just doesn't make sense for them to maximize their roster and them potentially winning it all. It's going to have to happen because you're going to have to draw fouls in the post, and you don't get all the fouls on penetration when they double team LeBron. So to me, Love can do that, and that's where they didn't attack Golden State and Mozgov sometimes. He's not really enough in the post, and, you know, he gets run off the floor with a smaller lineup. And, you know, your boy Kawhi, by the way, shooting, what, 48, almost 49% from three-point range, he is not only is he Ray's favorite player, and I'm not saying Ray's saying this, but we got to debate it. A lot of people are putting him in their top five right now currently in the NBA, maybe even ahead of Durant as their second small forward. I don't know if I'm ready to go there. I could say maybe he's third and Paul George is fourth, who's coming back with a vengeance. But if we said Curry, LeBron, Westbrook, and then Davis, could you say Kawhi is all around better than Durant? Or would you say Kawhi is maybe sixth best player in the league? Not excluding, of course, Harden, Jimmy Butler, you know, Blake Griffin's got an argument. It's an interesting debate. It is. And the problem is it's a hard one to tell because the only way you'd really know is if you took Kawhi Leonard and put him on another team and saw if he could carry the load. But you got to give this guy credit. He's leading a team that's got a bunch of all-stars and a bunch of champions, and he's the best player on offense, and he's the best player on defense. On, you know, you could argue tie, basically tied for the best best team in the league. You know what I mean? You can't say Golden State's. I mean, Golden State's is better by record, but but they're 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 clearly the two best teams in the league. So. You're telling me that he's the best player on his team on the offensive side, on the defensive side. He's a reigning defensive player of the year, could be defensive player of the year again this year. He shoots Is he really better than LaMarcus offensively? I don't know if I'm ready to say that. Consistently, well, LaMarcus has put up 23 to 25 for his career, 24. For his career. So that's what I'm saying. We've never Ka- seen Kawhi him. Kawhi hasn't done that yet. Well, that's, that's exactly the point. I think that we've never seen him have to score. We've never seen him have to carry a team. It's like when Chris Bosh, when they were dissing him, you know, people forgot Chris Bosh was averaging 25 and 12 in Toronto, right? When they yeah. needed him to, he did. And then he relegated himself to being the third option. So the question is, if Kawhi Leonard were put on a bad team, could he score 25? Could he carry the team? I mean, right now... Nobody ever double teams Kawhi Leonard, right? Because you don't want to leave those wing shooters that the Spurs have. You don't want to leave Duncan, even the old Tim Duncan. You don't want to leave him on a mismatch in the post, just like you saw at the end of the game. He took advantage of, uh, you know, smaller players in the post. So I don't know if Kawhi Leonard has the ability to score 25. And you know Kevin Durant can. You know some other some other guys can, you know, Davis and, and maybe even a Paul George. But is Kawhi Leonard's defense, he is so efficient on offense. It's like there's no wasted movement. There's no wasted energy on offense. There's no wasted dribbling. There's no bad shooting. He shoots well. He, I mean, 49% from th- – now, he won't end the, end the year like this. He'll go on a cold streak. But still, I mean, this guy is a defensive small forward who's shooting – 50% from three and scoring 20 a game on a team where there's three or four other guys that have scored 20 a game for their career. So, you know, I don't know if he's fifth, sixth, seventh, but he is a phenomenal player. That's my new best player. That's my new favorite player in the NBA. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, and he's definitely legit. And, you know, 
we got to also give Jimmy Butler, who dropped 53 in an overtime comeback win, being down over 20 points against the Sixers to lead the Bulls. And this Bulls team is fascinating because they, you know, were going on a bad little losing streak. They're not playing defense. There's rumbling that they might trade uh, Joakim Noah. And Jimmy Butler, I think, is emerging as probably, and we talked about this off-air, the best two-way shooting guard in the NBA. A little bit maybe better than Harden all around because Harden doesn't play D and a little bit better than Clay Thompson. Clay can shoot the threes, but I think Jimmy can get you buckets, a little, maybe a little bit better defender. It's very close, but I think he's very consistent. And, and Butler's game is, I don't know, he's, he's sort of the leader. It's not D. Rose anymore. I mean, without a doubt, to me, Jimmy Butler is the leader of the Bulls. And I still would argue, man, if if they don't get everything right with love, the Bulls still have a shot. They still have a shot at the at the Cavs in a seven game series. I, I gotta believe that. I really do. Now it depends on what kind of D Rose you can get, but I don't want to rule them out yet. There's nobody else in the East. I like what Toronto's done. We talked about the Nets, you know, Lionel Hollins is gone and they gotta get a new GM and should they go with Thibodeau, maybe, you know, bring in um D'Antoni, which you hate, you know, but could you see Lopez being a factor on a Charlotte or, you know, I don't know, one of these teams that could, yeah, Dallas, use a scoring big, maybe Phoenix, you know, I don't don't know what, I don't know what the Nets want to do. You know what? The Nets should blow it up. The Nets should absolutely blow it up. Take what you can get for Joe Johnson Take what you can get for Brooke Lopez and just start over again. I mean, if you need to, trade Thaddeus Young. You know you know I like Thaddeus Young. And he's a lefty. And he's still pretty is young. Good. Yeah, I like he's him. Versatile. But you know what? You're starting over. As much as we disrespect them, you're worse off than the Philadelphia 76ers because they at least have some talent. They at least have some hope. They could get the kid from, uh, you know, Serbia. They could get LSU. Uh, yeah. Or next year, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about you know the kid on the <laughs> Oh yeah, D- uh, Dario, Dario Sharik, yeah. Yeah, You're Dario right? Sharik. Plus they have um, you know few big men that if they you know between Noel and between uh, uh, Jaleel Okafor and then if your boy from Kansas ever gets healthy, they have some real tools and some chips either to trade or to just play. Trade, yeah. You know, I would love to be put away. I'd much rather be the Philadelphia GM than the Nets GM. So Nets are in trouble. They really need to blow it up because they're looking like for the next five years they're going to be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. There's no hope in New Jersey, uh, in New Jersey, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn unless they. Yeah. And by the way, Brooklyn's going to turn on them, I think. Ultimately, you can have a nice facility, but. If you're a franchise that's really never won and never really have been known to be winners, they did go you to have the to bring finals them twice. Yeah. You got to bring them something and, you know, the arena and great food and the ambiance and everything, that only lasts for so long. But People don't you agree that Thibodeau would be good cuz he would bring them that gritty Brooklyn toughness and I think the fans would get behind that more so than some young coach or, you know, some you know, Maybe, but the problem is a roster problem, right? I, I think more importantly than anything, they need a GM. I mean, we talked about this off-air in a couple other episodes where, for whatever it's worth, it feels like every Billy King move turned out, it was if it was a 50, like, like a 50-50 ball, he was on the wrong side of it, right? Joe Johnson just turned out to be one of the most overrated signings ever, um, you know, for the money. And Darren Williams forgot how to play when he came over from Utah. And Brooke Lopez never really developed, uh, you know. Well, he was injured, too, be fair. Dominant big men. Yeah, true, true. Be fair. And the draft picks he traded away for those, we should go look back and see who they are. Um, for those three Celtics, the, the Celtics didn't do anything, you know, uh, Pierce and Garnett and Terry. So, Nothing he did was any good, um, and I think he's a smart guy, he's a basketball guy, but his his moves just didn't work out. It's like he flipped the coin and he came up tails when he wanted to be heads. Uh, so they need a whole roster makeover. So the GM to me is more important than the coach. 
especially in the short term. It is, but at least Thibodeau gives you an identity, and I think the fans can say, you know what, we're tough defensively. Even if we have young guys to start over, let's say you send Lopez to Phoenix, you bring in Tyson Chandler, who's got fans already in New York, and you say, you know what, we're going to – you know, de- defense in threes or defense in this, you know, something. It, there's an identity there. And, you know, Brooklyn needs that. They need sort of that tough, like, you'd rather that than them try to say, oh, let's be cutesy and just chuck up a bunch of threes. Brooklyn fans are going to be like, wait a minute. You know, like, I I, I don't know. I, that's what I would want if, you know, being, you know, in that area, I would think that the Brooklyn fans would be like, yo, give us some hard-nosed players. Because, you know, Brooke and Joe, they, they don't have that tenacity. And so I think it's time to move him. You can you can get behind Thaddeus Young and, and bring in some Bulldogs, even Jack when he gets healthy. But you got to bring in some thoroughbreds. So uh, it'll be interested to see. And I don't know those draft picks offhand, but you look at the Celtics roster and it's nobody that great. You know, maybe it's Marcus Smart and Olenek and whatever. So you know, not to knock the, the Celtics team, but it's not like they've got like great. You know, what's the Celtics are missing with a great young coach and Stevens. They're missing a star and they've got a bunch of you know Isaiah Thomas at best is is their is their star that they got you know via sacramento or phoenix and trade so i'll say this i'm looking forward to these two battles coming up the 25th and then i guess tuesday to see you know and both calves on saturday night will be fun too i think next saturday for the nba and of course monday we got all the you know dr king games and shout out to martin luther king and mlk day that's going to be fun we know basketball always does that great down in memphis and you know the knicks usually have a game so we look forward to that we'll, we'll talk some nba but ray it's time man to talk some nfl we we, we gotta we gotta hit up What's happening with the playoffs and the final eight Playoffs? What? Playoffs? That's that's our favorite. But the first game, it's it's not going to be pretty, and there's a lot of drama already surrounding what's going on, what happened, Chandler Jones, you know, and and the Foxborough police, also the head of security for the team. And, well, actually, no, is that the first game or is it the Arizona game? No, no, that is the first game, the Patriots at 4 o'clock, right? Yeah, Yeah, so to me, I think Macklin with the high ankle sprain, he might try to go. I don't think he's going to be good enough and healthy enough. I like what the defense has to offer in terms of, Kansas City with Eric Berry, the Sacks, the Peters, uh, Sean Smith, the secondary. But, yes, Gronk had to shoot up the knee. Edelman's back. The offensive lineman is back. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a little too much for the Chiefs. And now, granted, you know Belichick is, what, fourth winningest coach of all time, crazy wins. Andy Reid just passed Paul Brown, so he's, like, I think ranked 11 or whatever. He's moving up the charts. So you've got two great coaches, and this is going to be a great game. And you give them credit, right, 11 in a row. They've rejuvenated their team without Jamal Charles. Kelsey's great. They've got a lot of great players. But I think if Chandler Jones might get, what, held out for a quarter, a couple of plays. I'm sure Belichick will play him. And their defense has really played pretty good this year. So I don't think the I don't think Brady will blow it out. I think West and Ware will do some something running. Alex Smith, the one hope that Kansas City has is that Alex Smith, who's been great at running the ball, only has, you know, a couple of interceptions this year, seven, he holds on to the ball good. He has got to run for some first downs and extend drives. He's got to, especially if Macklin doesn't go or is not 100%. And I think they'll try to lock down Kelsey. I think that the Patriots advance, and I I, I hate to say it. I really do. I don't expect much from Steven Jackson. You know, I think you'll get something from James White. They'll do a lot of passing. Brady will throw the ball about 50 times. He's going to get hit, but he's going to do the quick passes. Edelman will have 10, 11 catches. And I think the Patriots win kind of a little bit of a slugfest. I'll say 26-21 Patriots beat the Chiefs in a closer game than people think, 26-21. And I'll say, you know what, Edelman's back, 90 yards, 10 catches, and a touchdown. 
Return of the Edelman. So he's good, man. He is. He is. He's very good, but he's also very small. And uh, you know, those small guys tend to get hurt very often. But back to the game. Belichick has a way of taking away your number one option. And if the Kansas City Chiefs, in fact, don't have Jeremy Macklin, then they're going into the playoffs with Jamal Charles <laughs> gone from the very beginning of the season, or fifth or sixth game. I had him in two of my fantasy leagues, by the way. It killed me. Uh, Never recovered gosh. from that. Jamal Charles and then Jeremy Macklin. So he's licking his chops. He and the offensive, uh, the defensive corner licking their chops, saying, wait a minute, we usually take away your best option. What is your best option now? I mean, is it Travis Kelsey? Do you need to worry about, <laughs> you know, focusing all your energy on him? A good player, very good player. Um, or yeah. is, it, is it Ware and West out of the backfield? Uh, it's your boy Conley you from Georgia. Not ready for hey. Conley. No, no, he, he's <laughs> had to step up big. So I actually think yeah. that – this is a, a week where New England is ripe for getting taken. I just don't think that the Chiefs have enough bullets in the holster to take them. So yeah. in some ways they're very lucky that they're matching up. Now, look, a lot of these teams are banged up, right? Pittsburgh is banged up. Uh, had uh, had Cincinnati won, they'd be banged up. So Packers are banged up. Yeah. Manning, yeah, they're banged up. Manning is, you know, who knows what they'll get out of Manning. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I really think that this Patriot team is lucky. This matchup is perfect for them. And especially without Macklin, I think they, they win pretty easily, actually. I, I think they'll they'll figure it out on offense, and they'll win, I'll say, 26-17. I just think they, they – win the time of possession, the short passing game, they figure out how to move the ball, and just the the, the Chiefs just don't have enough. They're doing hip-hop. Well, you know, and it's a shame because I, I agree with you that they are ripe for the taking. I think I felt like if my Steelers were healthy, we could handle the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are a little bit vulnerable this year, but it, it, the Chiefs have just unfortunately had too many injuries. But you know what? It wouldn't shock you if they got to Brady and really put that pressure on them that they pulled the upset. I just, I just don't see it. So out here in the desert. By the night, time I get to Arizona, your boy says, "Mr. Relax," says the pressure is on Arizona. Well, guess what? Arizona, they bring pressure. They press against your receivers. You don't have. Not only do you not have Jordy Nelson all year, but now Devontae Adams, who got hurt in the last game, he's not playing. So James Jones and Cobb have got to really step up. You get pressure from their blitzing, pressure from Carson Palmer throwing it down the field and their receivers, pressure, pressure, pressure. The pressure is not on Arizona. The pressure is coming to Green Bay. Now, they did benefit last week from playing a defensive challenged Redskins team that, you know, was getting some press clippings. Even Tay picked them, and I was wrong. And I had to apologize to Rodgers and the Packers. A little bit better with the running game. And I love that Rodgers doesn't throw to INTs, but I think this week he will throw one. Increase that eight to nine, you know, even though that's regular season. But I just, I just think, honestly, there is still questions with their O-line, questions with the receivers, the timing's going to be off, and the Cardinals, talent-wise, all 53, now they got Babin with Freeney. You know, Alex Okafor decided to go AWOL and just leave the team. David Johnson has stepped up for Ellington and Chris Johnson. And the receivers on the Cardinals have balled out this year, no matter who it was, from Fitzgerald to Floyd to J.J. Nelson to Jerron Brown to John Brown, all the Browns. And I think Arizona pulls away. Panthers, you know, Packers will keep it a little bit closer than last time. That 30-point victory a couple of weeks ago was brutal. And Rodgers just, I don't think he'll go for that. But because he's going to play, play a little bit more aggressive to win and take chances, and even though Lacey and Starks might do a little something, the Cardinals' defense is, is Calais Campbell's not having that. So I think the defense gets exposed a little. And I think Arizona wins 
3120. Wow. I think they just they, they 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 take care of them and I think the second half it, it gets a little, you know, couple incomplete passes. Peterson picks one off. He might even take it to the house to honor his boy Tyrone Matthew, the honey badger who won't play. But Patrick Peterson is, is going to make some plays in this game. 31-20, Carson, three touchdown passes, no INTs, 311 yards. Arizona. So my pack is back. Your pack is whack. <laughs> They're getting it together. They have the bad uh-huh. taste from three weeks ago of 38-8. to eight. They couldn't protect Rodgers. The pocket collapsed on him all game. He made some un like mistakes and decisions. But you know what? I think the, st- the ship is going to be steady this week. I think that oh running goodness. game in the second half – running Lacey and Starks, getting that pressure taken off of Rodgers. I think Rodgers will make enough plays that if the defense can hold this game close and Aaron oh Rodgers can get the game in the fourth quarter, I'm telling oh my you, goodness. by the time <laughs> I get to Arizona, I know I got to apologize to everybody over there in the Tays household uh, pulling for the Cardinals, ooh, but I have a feeling no. that that bad, bad man is going to go in uh, there and say to Carson Palmer, the world. you know what? I don't know. Nowhere is he favored world. and nowhere. Nobody's picking the Packers. I think Ray is on an island to the his Packers. Own. I'm on an Ooh. island. I'm like Revis. I'm Darrell Revis out here. <laughs> I think the pack because they played that game three weeks ago, they have incentive, they have the blueprint or they'll work on the blueprint. They know that they can You're not worried about not having Devontae? I am. I am. I'm worried a lot. Look, I'm saying this and by the same token they could lose by twenty. But I just have a feeling they're gonna keep the game close. Arizona's going to get frustrated. Arizona probably read their press clippings. They're a big-time favorite. They're at home. They should go to the championship. They should be playing in Carolina next week for the championship. But you know what? I got a feeling that Aaron Rodgers is going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. They're going to work on time of possession, not turning it over, keeping the game tight, and they're going to win a close one. I'll say 24-23, Green Bay Packers, baby. Flaya, Flaya, Flaya. You, you, you know what? You, you surprise me sometimes. You, you, I gotta say this though. You've been an anti. I'm gonna say it. An anti Arizona Cardinals person all year. My 16-year-old son. He said he got something for you, and and, and he, <laughs> he, he he's definitely. He's definitely like, yo, why is Uncle T hating on my team, you know? So, okay, I'm going to let him know. Maybe he's listening, but I'll definitely let him know how you're rolling this week because that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. I listen, but you know what? If they can really pound the rock, that's their chance to win. Right. That's their chance to win. Frustrated, and I think Carson Palmer will make a mistake. Maybe they'll have a fumble. They'll generate mm. a, a pass rush. I don't. I, look, it's now he's got some but, demons to overcome, right? He hasn't won a playoff yep. game, and you know the last time he was there, it was a beautiful pass to Henry, and he was hurting out, and the Bengals lost to the Steelers. So this is this is big for Carson in the latter years of his career. He wants to try to do a Kurt Warner and take the Cardinals back to the Super Bowl and hopefully get the W. And big for Fitzgerald. We talked about him as an all-time, you know, top potentially top five receiver. He needs to play big in this game. Even though Floyd's the number one, Fitzgerald has, you know, had the 100 receptions and all that. He's got a 109. He's got a, you know, great season in his later years. I I think Fitz will do it, too. So that's Saturday. Go to Sunday. It only gets better for Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. We start off in the NFC. You have another rematch. Now, remember, only the Chiefs and Patriots was not a rematch. So last, this, you know, the Packer game's a rematch, this game's a rematch, and Denver and Pittsburgh's rematch, and all of them sort of mid to late season. Well, this one's earlier in the season rematch, but it was in Seattle, and the yeah, Panthers we went there and took care of them. Now, Seattle 
they were on a roll. They only had that hiccup at the end of the season against the Rams. They did not play great against Minnesota. Minnesota should be here potentially. They got a gift. But sometimes all you have to do, like NCAA tournament, is survive and advance. And Beast Mode's on the bus. The abdominal muscles must be working. He's coming. He's coming to Carolina. He's on the plane. And this right here is going to be a battle of war. You have Wilson and Newton. Similar, but very different. This is a hard game to predict. I've been going back and forth on this one. And as much as I love, and I've been rolling with my Seahawks, Jonathan Stewart is back. Olsen is playing. I think, I hope, I think Ted Ginn is playing. The Panthers are healthy defensively. I think Norman is going to lock, lock it or Baldwin down. I think the Panthers' defense at home will get revved up, and they're, they're, they're going to really try to stop your boy, Beastmo, and, and, and keep Beast Russell Wilson from moving the chains and scrambling. And I think at the end of the game, that fast defense will have trouble against Cam and Stewart running the ball. And Cam, in the fourth quarter, where the Seattle defense has been kind of struggling, giving up fourth-quarter leads, losing like five fourth-quarter games where the defense had to lead, I think Cam pulls out a close one. Gano hits a field goal, and the Panthers win 23 21 to advance to the NFC championship to host the Arizona Cardinals in a rematch of last season. And the Panthers could be on their way to the Super Bowl. Beast Mode will get about 60. I think Russell will throw for 200 plus. He'll probably get two touchdowns. But I think when it all comes down to it, the guy on that field is the MVP. And as much as I love Russell and I love Coach Carroll and the Seahawks, he just passed Bill Walsh as the most wins for West not most wins for the West Coast coach, but he just passed Bill Walsh on the all-time coaching list with 101. He's got 102 wins. But Cam Newton, Ray, he gets it done. A rushing touchdown, and I think he'll throw for two, and they'll get a field goal, maybe miss an extra point, and they win 23-21. Gano, good from 39 to win the game. Go Panthers, go. And that's for my boy William Truth. William, my sick. See, my oldest son likes the Cardinals. My second son likes the – I got a lot of sons. My, like, my second son likes the Panthers. So they're going to face They're gonna face off an NFC championship. There's going to be some beef in my house, Ray. I'm going to have to – you know, and what could I say, right? My Steelers probably won't make it, but we'll talk about that next. What you got, man? Seahawks, Panthers. You, you going against me again? I think you are. Unfortunately, my friend. I, I am. Are. I know. So there is a thought out there, mainly promoted by me, that Carolina Panthers are not a real 51 team. I mean, they are 51. You give them credit, like uh, yeah. Bill Barcel says, you are what your record says you are, and they're 15 but you one. think so they're all paper thin. credit in the world. I think they're paper thin. Not that they're not a good team, but I don't think they're a 15-1 team. I just look at them, and I say it's amazing how many points they scored in the regular season. And you know what? I benefited because I had Cam <laughs> and Greg Olson in a couple of fantasy teams. So, you know, I was yes, watching those did. games start to finish. But I feel like, like you said, with the exception of that Rams game, that hiccup for the last seven, eight weeks, the Seattle Seahawks remembered why they were the back-to-back NFC champs. Remember mm-hmm. that they can still punch you in the mouth. And yeah. as long as they get that Legion of Boom secondary communication down, that front seven is pretty awesome. And the one thing, interestingly enough, that bothers me a little bit is Beast Mode coming back, believe it or not. Because the first week back, you're typically a little rusty. They don't quite mm-hmm. know how to incorporate you. So if this were two or three weeks from they now, they might rely on you when you're not work- ready. Yeah, I would feel more you're confident right. because this cat was supposed to play last week, and then just in the middle of practice or after practice, you know, my stomach is is not working for me, and I, and I respect that. Look, you don't want to be a hindrance yeah. to your team, but I have a feeling that these guys just know how to win, 
and Carolina is not quite there. And think about this for a second. If Carolina, You're trying to say they're young and not ready? They're young and not ready, exactly. Greg Olson is their one kind of marquee offensive player, and he did tear up the league and, in week six, the Seattle Seahawks. However, yes, he did. if they take him away, we're back to what we said in the beginning of the year. Who is Funches. going to beat you? <laughs> Devin Funches, Fozzie. Who you got? Who you got, Mike? Uh, uh, Mike Tolbert. <laughs> Philly Brown. Don't disrespect I Philly. Mean, Yo, Philly, Philly Brown and Ted Ginn are doing hip-hop all year. You better show them some love, man. Yo, you know? I'm just saying that when it comes to the fourth <laughs> quarter, I would rather go with Beast Mode, Lockett, mm. Baldwin, and Curse than Jonathan Stewart Philly, and uh, Greg Olson's mm-hmm. the best player of all those position players, but I just have a feeling Seattle's going to take him away and then make Cam and the and the boys beat him. Now, Tolbert and Jonathan Stewart were all pros this year, so they, they had good years. I'm not, I'm not saying they didn't, but I'm just – I have a sneaky suspicion that the Seattle Seahawks are going to wake up remember that they are as good as they are and that they've been the best team in football basically for the past eight weeks, so that's two months. That they are who we thought they were? They are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. (laughs) And I think think Carolina's offense is going to grind to a little bit of a halt, and I think they're going to get beaten, and I think they're going to lose, I'll say, 24-20. Seattle Seahawks, baby. Oof. I you know I I can't be mad at you because to me the worst matchup I, for the I, for the Carolina by the way, right? They get the number it, one yeah. seed, they earn it, and, and everything, play, and they yeah. have to play Seattle. If it was and Minnesota, it hurts me because if it was Seattle's been my team else, the last couple Bay, of years, Washington, man. anybody yeah. else, but Seattle is is their mirror image, and I think because Seattle has the two years of history. Winning these games in the playoffs, the savvy, I don't like yeah. this matchup. I don't like this matchup for Carolina. No, I, I feel you on that one, and, and I smell you. You know, I, I can't be mad at that pick, but we're going against each other on two. Now, the final game, Sunday, <laughs> late afternoon, going into Holy the God. evening. We have my Pittsburgh Steelers with a hurt Big Ben, a hurt D'Angelo, uh, non-playing Antonio Brown, A.B., the best receiver in the game. We are going to Denver to play the sheriff. Peyton Manning is back. Chris Harris is back. DeMarcus Ware is back. <laughs> Von Miller is back. You know, I, I just I, – I picked this game, but this was my AFC championship. I thought they'd play each other. I picked my Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. But I didn't think that we'd have all of these injuries. We're one of the most injured teams out there, and we've been hit with our stars from Ponzi to Bell to this one to that one. It's now Brown. It's, it's been brutal, and we've persevered. And I think we've gotten out of it as much as we possibly can. Now, the homer in me wants to say, I don't care. We in Sammy Coates is activated. Darius Haywood Bay, yo, Terps. And Martavis Brown with the illest catch, better than Odell's, that we're going to go to Denver, we're going to shock the world, and pull off the upset. I want to say that, but I don't know if but I can. But will you say that? Because Peyton Manning and that running game is eh, a little bit better, but we have to stop it, and we have to make Peyton beat us deep and get up on those receivers. Our defense has been better. Our defensive line has been better. And – this defense is top three in the NFL. And honestly, the Broncos should win this game probably from seven to ten points. But I don't care. I am a homer, and I no, have what they no. call deep water faith, and I am going with Big Ben because he's on the field. And Martavis Bryant, number no. ten, that's my birthday. Antonio no. Holmes, he's nasty. And let me tell you, oh, no. Todman and Fitzgerald Toussaint from Michigan, oh, let's 
and Brian will step up. Wheaton will step up. Heath Miller will step up. And we are going to shock the world. My Pittsburgh Steelers. Tuit will get some sacks. Peyton Manning will throw two interceptions. We'll take one almost to the house. And we're going to upset them and win this game. 24-21. Here we go, Pittsburgh. Here we go. I don't care about the injuries. We're winning this game, baby. You heard it first. Kay has got his Steelers. I don't care. All right, all right. Let me be the voice of reason here. And let me say that if anybody can overcome these injuries, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers because they have a gritty, tough mindset. And next man up really, really applies. And Mike Tomlin is definitely one of those coaches that no excuses. However, I don't believe that Ben Roethlisberger can throw the ball, literally. I don't think – I've separated my AC joint. You can't throw the ball. You can shoot him up with all the painkillers you want. It's not just pain management. I mean, your arm is physically not, not right. So It's not there 100%. That's it's true. not there. He cannot throw the ball. And then – so picture this. He's Peyton Manning now. He's basically a guy that used to be better, and, and with, with Peyton's case, it's age. With Ben's case, it's just physical. It's, it's injury, physical limitation. So you telling, you're telling me now that basically the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have an advantage anymore at quarterback. Both quarterbacks are kind of lame in terms of you know, a shell of what they are, and, and, and you know, they really are not – Kind of some lame ducks. Playoff worthy, you know, playoff worthy quarterbacks, but they negate each other. So now you've got a situation where you guys don't even have your second running back. They have at least two running backs that are running the ball, and the, you lost your top receiver, and they have all of their receivers, and their D is better than your D. So really, I don't see any reason why. On either That's side right. of the ball, unless you have special teams, unless you score a couple touchdowns on special teams, it doesn't seem to me – the biggest thing is Ben not being healthy. It doesn't seem to me that you guys have a chance because That's right. in Denver. That's right. That's right. It's in Denver. It seems like that. Your quarterback seems is like a that. shell of himself. Yes, they is. have the best corners in the league. Or, They're or, amazing. Know, top two or three. They can bring They're the outstanding. Heat. Exactly. The Denver Broncos win. We're scared. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You're Petro. So I think ultimately (laughs) the Steelers put up a good half, and then Denver pulls away in the second half. And Manning's going to be able to use the running game, play action, and maybe you get get an interception. But ultimately I think your D is not tough enough to overcome the fact that your offense just – doesn't have many bullets left in the holster, and Ben Roethlisberger is – you can't come back from an A.C. joint and play at AFC divisional level caliber in in Denver against a great uh, – a very good defense. Let's not call him great. Very good defense. So I think ultimately the Broncos pull away, and it'll get a little ugly. I think Broncos win 30-17. to 30-17, to 17, huh? Uh, you know, I'm not mad at you for not having the faith. I'm not mad at I, you. I can't, I can't roll what? with you on this one, man. I can't <clears> roll <throat> with you. I just can't. I, I, I'm just not mad. I, I, I overstand. I really do. I do. But you know what? This is what it's all about. And sometimes there's just irrational reasons to why a team can win a game. And you know what? We can very easily go out there and get smacked 30 to 10. Or even twenty to seven. I mean, you know, whatever. But I, for some reason, maybe it's when Tebow got us. Maybe we have a better a better shot this time. And our, our defense is opportunistic. We cause uh, some turnovers. I think we were third in the league. So uh, let's let's see where the sheriff is at because he he he's not he's not where he was. You know what I mean? No, he's definitely no, he's not. not. He's definitely not where he was. So those are the games. Before we get to college hoops, let's talk about these coaches. So Tampa Bay, Dirk Cutter. The Niners, Chip Kelly. The Giants, Ben McAdoo. The Eagles, Doug Peterson. The other jobs already went down. Miami to Gase, 
Caldwell staying in Detroit. The only thing we need to know now is what's happening in Tennessee. And I ask you, which move was the best and which move of the new coaching hires are you totally not impressed with and you think is a big mistake? So I think maybe the Giants were the best move. If you're going to get rid of Coughlin, at least keep some continuity with Eli and Ben McAdoo stays with him. So Mm -hmm. they seem to have a good rapport. I don't know how he'll be as a head coach, but at least your number one asset is going to be your that combination of Manning to Beckham. So hopefully that'll be with there for another few years. And the one who really cultivated that was Ben McAdoo. So I'm down with the Giants. I think that was that was an okay move. I don't think that there was anybody else that I was pounding the table for the Giants to get. In terms of the move that doesn't make any sense. You know my feelings about Dirk Cutter uh, getting rid of Lovey, not giving him a third year to, to try this out. But, again, if I use that same philosophy where keeping the continuity, they kept the continuity with Jameis Winston. So I don't love it, but I, I, I guess i got to give him time. You know, I'm still upset that they got rid of Lovey, but at least they, they kept the guy from within and they kept the guy that started to develop a rapport with Jameis Winston. So the right. Doug Peterson one, though, I don't really know about that one. Um, oh, let me not forget Hugh Jackson of Cleveland. We can't disrespect Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's probably the best move, I think. I actually think that's a nice move. I think that's a good move. An offensive-minded yeah. guy, because remember, they have they had some defensive-minded guys in there. I mean, who's the last offensive, you know, kind of mind that they had? I guess they had Holmgren for a while, but they. But he was up. He was upstairs. GM, yeah, yeah, as a GM, yeah. right? But ultimately. They need to shake it up, and, and the, the best thing Hugh Jackson said was, I'll take this job, but you got to let me get rid of Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel needs to start fresh, mm-hmm. and Hugh Jackson needs to start fresh. I still think Johnny Manziel can be uh He'll be the backup in Dallas next year quarterback. with Jerry Jones. He can be a backup, but he can yeah. start games. I don't think – like when Mark Sanchez is in the game, he did win that one game, right? But when Mark Sanchez is in the game, you're going to lose. But I don't say the same thing about Johnny Manziel. I mean, he's got issues, and he's off the field, but but he can win you games. I mean, I, I'm still high on Johnny Manziel. He's as got to mature. Player. I think he's, he's too mature, spoiled. He shouldn't be out of the league. Not out of the league, but at the same time, how many chances is he going to get? Now, this is the one team, but in terms of the level of sort of disregard and disrespect, we'll see. I, I'll definitely, you know, I'd like to see the kid, him and RG3, both get another shot. I'll tell you this. I think Chip Kelly is going to do great for Colin Kaepernick, and I think that that's why they hired him. It doesn't make sense to hire another ornery guy like Jim Harbaugh, but maybe Chip Kelly learns a little bit. He knows that Balky and his guys there um, from before to brought to Philly, you know, he'll have an ear upstairs, but he's not buying the groceries, and I think that's the best move. But I think just as a coach, you know, Carlos Hyde and Kaepernick, he'll be able to have his system. The talent is not bare. They, you know, still have Smith and Bolden. They're going to have to get, you know, if you want to roll with Vance McDonald, he'll have to get another receiver or two. But the defense has got Bowman and some guys. I think they can rebuild it. And he's got 12 draft picks, so that'll be interesting. I like Hugh. We'll see Cutter. I was impressed by McAdoo in, in, in the press conference, and I think – I thought you got to Eli's too old to be switching him up. So if if he don't if he throws less picks two years in a row, even though you're six and ten, you got to keep McAdoo. Some people say you should have got rid of Jerry Reese. We'll see. Maybe you give him another shot. Whatever. But and I don't mind Adam Gaze in, in Miami. You know, I, I really I, I want to question Peterson in Philly because that's going back to the Andy Reid regime a little bit. You know, and we'll see what he does, and then and, and then you you kind of wonder about Dirk Cutter. So we'll see. But I, you know, you got to give him chances. You know, you got to give guys chances. And what do you think is going to happen in Tennessee? Do they just go with Mike Malarkey? I think does Doug Malarkey Malone get a job? Stay. Yeah, I think. I think does Terrell Austin not get any jobs, and he's just just the Rooney, uh, you know, the Rooney Rooney interview guy? Well, maybe he'll get a job next year. I don't know. But yeah, right yeah. now he just looks like the Rooney guy. 
unfortunately. And we talked about that off air. They've got a, you know, ESPN Outside the Lions had the big expose on just, you know, the disparity of African-American head coaches and coordinators and stuff like that. And it's been bad. And the NFL needs to do better. They, they, they are doing better on concussions. They need to do better on assistant and coaches and coordinators for, you know, African-Americans in a league that's close to 70%. You, you got to get some more guys. Because I think guys, actually, you look at Todd Bowles and some of the guys, that they're getting their chances and they've done well, you know, Tomlin. So there's no reason to believe that former players could not move up and, and be good coaches. And I think more guys need that opportunity. So the NFL, you know, I don't want to say a little shame on you, and it's time to step it up and improve. You know, we, we got to expect more in 2016. Um, raise the bar. The hiring. Yeah, raise the bar, definitely. So we end the show talking some college hoops. And, Ray, I mean, break it down for me. There's been a bunch of upsets this week. From Kansas on down, give me some of these upsets, and let's talk about some of the, the highlights of the weekend games because college hoops is heating up. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Well, it was not a good week to be a top five <laughs> team because, number one, Kansas, remember, they started the week in double overtime, and they ended up winning against Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State uh, – Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost. Yeah. And then <laughs> – that was the first one to go down. So number two goes down. Well, they, they remain number two, though. They, they they go down. But Kansas ends up losing to Iowa again. So they lose back-to-back in Iowa and then at home. Then you have your Maryland Terps losing. No, Kansas lost to West Virginia. Right, Kansas lost to West Virginia. Right. Oh, but they lost again, though. Didn't they lose? I think they lost again. Uh no, sorry, no, no, Michigan just the West State Virginia this week. Yeah, yeah, they play TCU this so, weekend, yeah. Right, no, no, this is what I meant. So, sorry, so Michigan State loses again to Iowa. So Michigan mm-hmm. State, number four, loses to Iowa. Maryland, number three, loses, and Kansas, number one, loses. So you've got quite a bad week to be a top-five team. And now this weekend, <laughs> we got some pretty, we got some pretty interesting games this weekend. So... Let me ask you first of all, what what do you think about your Maryland team? You know, that was a little bit of a of a shocker. Maryland got Michigan put at it on. Michigan. Them. Yeah, you know, I John think B. Michigan tough at home. He's a good coach and I think it it's a tough win in the Big Ten. They'll beat him at Maryland, but it that's a tough that's a that's a it's a definitely a, a tough matchup. I think uh, you know, Mellow Tremble, it happens even to I think all American and, and maybe lottery pick guards. He he didn't He's only a sophomore, but he he did not have a great game. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know. Ohio State on Saturday. You you get an off night. I think they'll bounce back against Ohio State. The the matchup I'm looking forward to, and this this is at Georgetown, and this is an old championship that warms our heart. Villanova at Georgetown from 1985. I got to tell you, Ray, I think Georgetown's going to knock off Villanova. You want to talk about the week of upsets? I think Villanova – is 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 ready for some trouble, and I also will tell you this one: watch Xavier at Marquette. Marquette plays tough. Xavier at Marquette is, is has been some scrappy games, and our Tar Heels against NC State is another one you got to look for. Although our well, Tar Heels are playing me, some good ball. To me, the game of the the game of the weekend is that Big Twelve matchup with West Virginia and Oklahoma. So oh, Oklahoma yeah. almost beat Kansas. West Virginia did beat Kansas. Yeah. And that's yeah. Bobby Huggins and then they face that each they other. have, you know, and 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 Buddy Heald is maybe the player of the year, and that West oh, Virginia press they they turn Kansas over twenty one twenty two times, and just chaos in that game. So that that's a great game on Saturday. Was that one Saturday of the most afternoon. fun games you've seen in years in a, in a regular season college basketball? Besides like the Duke North Carolina rivalry, that Oklahoma Kansas game. Triple overtime, that, that had to have been one of the best games we've seen. Yeah, in a, I like that. In a that couple one. years. That, that was, like that, that that was then, great. You know, it's interesting. In the Big Ten, you've got that Iowa team that beat Michigan State twice now already coming off that win, that big win. Iowa's and then Michigan, And Michigan coming off the Maryland win. So in Iowa, in Iowa City, you got that game mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, we're going to be watching football, so we might have to just follow <laughs> yeah. it a little bit on, uh, you know, on social media. But but our eyes will be on 
that that's when your Steelers play. Your Steelers. What'd you think about what'd you think about Louisville? Louisville getting a, a big win against uh Pitt, you know, a little ACC hoops. Duke, we forgot to mention Duke lost. Another Duke, top ten nine, team. Duke lost yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. To so Clemson. Send it out to the top ten. Not good being a top ten no. team. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this. You'd like to see Iowa State sort of get it back together. They might, you know, start to win again and play against Kansas State. Um, the West Coast teams, I don't know what's up with Arizona. They, they seem like they're, you know, back and forth. So they're in their Pac-12 schedule now, and um, we'll see what happens with South Carolina. They finally got their first loss in SEC, and. Um, you know, maybe maybe they can sort of get things going again against Mizzou this weekend. But you know, the SEC is a little underrated. But they got like three or four teams in the top twenty-five. So Texas A&M, you know, Kentucky, South Carolina, and then you don't know what happens with LSU if they start to go on a roll because of the the stud Bed Simmons. So anyway, it's going to be a great sports weekend. It's all about the football. You know, maybe we'll uh, come back to you on you know. Monday night with MLK, you'll be home for the holidays. You can enjoy the holidays and talk hoops and football and the recap with Ray and Tay and have some fun. Either way, it's going to be a great, great sports weekend. This is our favorite for the football, for the NFL playoff, the divisional round, because it's the final eight, right? This is is, uh, is it the meat and potatoes, right? This is what it's all yeah, about. we should have a great show on Monday. So much to talk about. So, yeah, have a great sports weekend. Enjoy the football, the basketball, whatever you're going to enjoy. Enjoy it. Be safe and get back to us on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. And talk Welcome. Welcome. Ray and Tay today talking sports with friends. Sports radio on the dial. Check us out. We'll make you smile. And they spit it, don't play. And we're talking nothing but the NFL and NBA.